Alright, so we're on chapter 6 in Matthew. So, two weeks ago, we went through chapter 5, and we kind of talked about the Beatitudes. Um, we talked about salt and light. Um, we talked about murder. We have discussed adultery, divorce. We have also discussed uh, the last week, uh, we talked about an oath. Then we talked about an eye for an eye and love for your enemies. Am I correct? Okay. So, in just a little nutshell, remind me about an oath. What was an oath? A promise. And Jesus pretty much says, um, under the under the topic of um, making an oath, um, it's kind of in the verses, um, chapter five thirty three through thirty seven. But he pretty much says, "Do not swear at all." He said, "Do not break your oath, but keep." Again, you have heard that it was said that to people long ago. Now he's referring to long ago. He's talking about way back under the old covenant. Okay. And he says, do not break your oath, but keep the, keep the oath um, you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, now Jesus is saying, he says, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is God's footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is his city, and of the great king. Do not swear by your head, um, for you cannot make even one hair black or white. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Why is he saying this? I know that is a bowl. It is the coolest bowl ever. <laughs> why is he saying? Why is he saying? Let your just let your yes be yes and your no be no. You can't be sure about tomorrow. Or you can't. But we're talking about oath. We're talking about oath, and we say, yeah, you can't be sure because what happens if you promise me something today, mm-hmm. and I need something tomorrow, and you say, well, I'll get it for you tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll promise you, I'll get it for you. I'll pledge your oath, and I'll make sure I'll do it tomorrow. But what happens if something happens to you? And it's unfulfilled. It's a lie. You know, so. So you're not supposed to. I've, I've heard that before. You're not supposed to something to the future. Right. Don't don't sit there and make a promise that you can't keep. Yeah. And even if you truly think that you can make it, you know, some if you if I said, hey, I need you to do something, and you say, you know what, I can do it, but I gotta get this other stuff done. But I, I promise I'm gonna do it. You know, um, I've got some other things I gotta get finished. Um, as soon as I'm finished with those, I'll jump on. And I'll get what you want me to do done. I said, but I need it done ASAP. You know, so, but what happens if you don't get to what I need done? Basically, what you just promised me was, it's just empty words. You see what I'm talking about? You know, so you just went through this whole ream of excuses. You know, and Jesus is like, he says, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right? Okay, so he, he, he makes it simple. He just makes it real simple. He just cuts right to the point. You know, he says eye for an eye. You have heard, you have heard, you know, if somebody does something to you, do it back to them. Okay? I'm just going to read this real short because I do want to get into chapter 6. He says, you have heard that it was said eye for an eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him to the left. If someone asks for your tunic, give him something more. If someone takes you, tells you to Go for a mile, go for him two miles. That's kind of paraphrase, you know. But he's saying don't resist an evil person. So what happens if you resist somebody who's evil? Okay, someone comes in 
and a, and a, a strong man fights you. Okay? And if you resist him who's already angry, what's going to happen to you? Probably even worse than what, his, what he intended. Am I right? Okay. And um, we need to get her a little chance. She's going to be a distraction. No, she's not going to be a distraction. Believe me. I have two children. I have done this. I had learned how to tune out. Um, and so do you see what he's saying? He said, don't resist an evil person. Because what can possibly happen is the fact that something worse can happen than what was actually intended. Okay? So, so why does he say, I mean, what's one of the hardest pills to swallow is the fact that he says, okay, turn your cheek. Someone hits you, turn your cheek. That's an extremely hard pill for probably 99.9% of people to do. So, so like, if someone comes up and decks you, What's your first reaction? Punch back. Right. So this is this is one of the harder pills to swallow because it by nature your reaction is to respond most likely in a negative manner. Now if your response is more of an in the sense of you know he hits you and you continue to do nothing you know, then do you see what I'm kind of where I'm going? It's this is it's it's a tough area to look at and say, man, I don't know if I could do that. But you just have to you have to kind of purpose that in your in your heart and you have to purpose that in your mind. Say if, if that's something like that ever happens to me, you know, I I can only pray that I would be that person to not retaliate. And I think about all things that happen on the news. Things are escalated because why? Person A and person B. Person A attacked person B. It escalated why? Because person B retaliated. What happens if person B didn't retaliate? Would all this stuff would all this stuff really happen? No. There's a good chance it probably would. It might escalate a little bit, but you wouldn't have two parties that were so mad at each other. You would have party A, who would be dealt with, because party B decided not to do anything. But once both parties get involved to that kind of extent, then you have everything that this mass confusion that's happened on you see on the news now. Okay, so that, that so we've got that. So so in the same sense, it says pray for your enemies. So what about your enemies? You know, he says he says you've heard long ago. He said that um, to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But he tell you I love. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Okay? There's another hard pill to swallow. It's like, if, why should I like you if you don't like me? Why should I love you if you don't love me? You know? Um, it was on the floor. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean... We're past that stage. <laughs> oh, we're past it too. We, we eat off the floor. I mean, five-day-old things off the floor. Um, so, so he's saying, it's like, wait a minute now. So if an evil... An evil person, someone who's bad, can love another bad person. So, so what's that to you? I mean, if you do the same thing, if we only love the people that are around this table and don't love anybody else, what's that to us? Does that make sense? Okay, he says, he says, he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be the sons uh, of your Father in heaven. He causes his son, and that's the son that rises, 
the sun to rise on evil and good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay? Um, so, everybody's fair. Everybody, everybody gets rained on. Whether you're good or bad. Everybody sees the sun, whether you're good or bad. Okay? If you love those who love you, what, what reward do you get? So, if you only love the people in here, what reward do you get? But, if you love somebody who doesn't love you, how different is that? How different is it if you love someone that doesn't necessarily love you? Okay, he says, says, are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only brothers, what you are doing, um, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? He says, and then, of course, we talked about the last thing we said. I want you guys to kind of chew on. He said, be perfect. Why? He says, therefore, your heavenly father is perfect. Okay. He said, be perfect. He said, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. And we will go back to this at a later time. Because this is a lot deeper. There's a lot more meaning to this. Because we have to redefine perfection. I thought it said, but nobody will be perfect. But see, but he said, he said right here, be perfect. But, and in other scriptures, he says, be holy. Because God is holy. So he's telling you to be something. You know, if I said, if I said, do your best on being a good student. Do your best at being a good student. You would, but if I said, and it becomes different if I said, be a good student. I'm telling you to do something. I'm telling you to be a good student. I'm telling you to be a good learner. So now it's almost like I've given you this directive. Okay, you have something to shoot for. You know, I said, well, you know, do, do the best you can. If I say, well, just do the best you can, it's like, eh. It's like, where do you fit? Where you don't really have a definite line or a definite standard to hit. So Jesus is saying, be perfect. But we'll go back to that because we have to redefine what perfection is. Okay, um, so he says, let's go into chapter 6 because I do want to get into prayer. Um, he says, be, be careful of not... Um, to do your acts of righteousness in front of men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And this is starting in chapter 6. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give, and I want you to remember this, when you give um, to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now we're talking about giving to the needy. Okay, you ever seen somebody who do something that you knew was right, but then they had to announce it? They had to like announce it. I did something great. I did something awesome. I did this. I did that. I gave to the needy. I gave this amount. I did this for them. That becomes their reward. The attention that they get becomes their reward. And Jesus is saying, you don't need that. You don't need to be the center of attention. If you give, just give. Don't, you don't have to announce it. You don't, have to, you don't have to let everybody know that you did it. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Don't let others know. You don't have to let someone else know that you just gave to the needy. You know, um, Because one thing that does is it kind of creates pride. You know, it, kind of, it might kind of make you prideful. It's like, yeah... I'm a, I'm a giver. In fact, I'm the best giver. 
I give so good that uh, people come to me. People come to me and they ask for advice on how to give five bucks. Um, that's why they call me the give. Do you see what I'm talking about? But someone who, who's humble, someone who's not, be that person who's humble and not, you know, interested in the attention. You know, how did, remember when you gave that, I was just say. that girl, I mean, how did that feel? I mean, think if you went and you just announced it to everybody that you were such a great giver. I did, though. But well, no, you came in here and you blessed us. You said, you know, I did this. There's a little bit difference to that. There's a difference. There, there's, there was no arrogance in that. There was no this prideful. Mine was prideful. before the week making sure that that's what. Right. Because I felt like God, but I didn't know how to go about it. But we're talking about these prideful people. But you have to remember. you said that, I was like, but you don't. Let's go back and remember. Okay, let's remind ourselves. Let's put this in context. Who is he talking to? Who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to the disciples, and he's talking to the people who are around him, and he's also, at this time, he's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Okay? Who, at that point in time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, are those kind of people who were all about the outward appearance. Let's look good in front of you. Let's pray out loud for everyone to hear to see, so they might know that we are righteous. So he's talking against them because this is what they do. They do their acts of righteousness so that everybody can see them. But Jesus is saying, do your acts of righteousness. No one needs to see all of your acts of righteousness. Don't be arrogant. Don't be prideful. And don't walk around boasting that you are this great giver. So every time you help somebody, you don't have to go. You don't have to. I mean, yeah, you can go and you can share. You can come here and say, you know, I really had this... God really moved. There's a difference between sharing something and being so humble about it and coming up here in here and being arrogant and prideful because if you did, I... It's kind of like your motivation. Like, yeah. why did you do it? Some people do it just because... Just for the attention. Like, yeah. You know? So this is where Jesus is talking about, talking about giving to the needy. You know? What's your motivation? Are you prideful? Are you being humble? You know? Do you, does, do you need that attention? You know? If you do, you need to reevaluate yourself and figure out, you know... Maybe you need some kind of change here. So that's why Jesus is saying, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And in the beginning, this is what he says in verse 2, he says, so when you give to the needy, and remember, remember reading this in context, who he's around during this time, he's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And unfortunately, and metaphorically, there are still Pharisees and Sadducees, religious people walking around today with the same mindset and same attitude. Okay, so he says, when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets. Okay, don't announce it with trumpets. Don't go all out and, um, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, um, to be honored by men. So that's what to be honored by men. They want to be gratified by, by men, saying, you did a good job, high five, good job. That's, that's what they wanted. Okay, so he goes into the needy. And then, now remember, all this so far... Jesus is still on the mountain, right? Jesus is still on the mountain, and he's still giving this message, okay? So, from there, he goes right into prayer, okay? And let's start with verse 4 and 6. This will be part of the need. He says, So that your giving may be in secret, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then he jumps in verse 5, and he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And again, see, he's going back. He went in the needy. He said, don't be like the hypocrites. Okay? So now, 
Don't be like the hypocrites, okay? Don't be like the hypocrites. Okay, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And I want you to think about this in your mind. I think about somebody, somebody in the synagogue, or even today in a church. He says, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue or in the church and on the street corners to be seen by men. And I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Someone who, had, who likes people for to hear them pray. Have you ever heard somebody who just likes to hear themselves talk? You know, sometimes I wonder if I'm one of those people. Um, so anyways, he says, but you pray. But when you pray. Okay? So he's not saying, he's not saying, well, I guess whenever you decide to pray. Because remember, we just started talking about perfection. He said, be perfect. He said, be perfect. He's giving you a directive. He's telling you what to do. So now he does again. He said, he's telling you, he's giving you a directive. He's telling you what to do. Something you should be doing. Um, and he says, but when you pray, go into your room. So when you pray, it's not if you decide to pray. It's not if you get to pray. It's not um, if you think about praying. When, that means you are to do it. When you pray, go to your room. Close the door. And then pray to your Father who is, what? Unseen. Okay? Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and you will pray. And when you pray, and he's going to refer back to these hypocrites, do not keep on babbling. He says, do not keep on babbling like pagans. So, so he first kind of compares and talks about the hypocrites, and now he's talking about pagans. Okay, he says, don't be like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Just keep on talking and 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 talking. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. So it almost seems like one is like, well, if he already knows what I need, then why do I have to ask? You know, I never really could understand that statement until I had children. I know what Levi wants, but I want him to use his words and talk to me and tell me what he wants. Rather than just... <laughs> you know, he's, he'll sit there and I was like, well, do you want to... I said, I, you're, it's dinner time, it's time to eat, what do you want? He just stands there. I was like, son, I know you're hungry, I know what you want, I know you want something. I can't get it for you until you open up your mouth and use your words. So, I want you to think about it in that context. He knows God, Jesus knows exactly what you want. He knows all the things that you want and what you desire. But he wants you to ask for it. You know, think about if, if you just gave your daughter, you knew what she want, right? But she didn't even have that, you just gave it to her. Just gave it to her. Eventually, if, I did, if we did that, and we've talked about this, if we just start giving them things, if I start just giving Levi, he didn't even have to ask, I just know what he wants, I'm just going to give it to him. Eventually, he's going to grow up. Well, they're barking like dogs. Okay, well then. Took me a minute. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, eventually, he's going to grow up, and unfortunately, and, and I, don't, I hate to say this, but he's going to grow up to be spoiled. He's going to grow up to be a little spoiled brat. And, and that's not what we want. I want him to ask for what he wants. I know what he wants. I know what he needs already. I'm his father. 
Sarah is his mother. We know together. But we want him to be able to approach us confidently and say, Mom, Dad, I would like this. I would like that. I would like to do this. I would like to eat this. I would like to have this for a gift or a present or something. So do you see how that kind of works? Um, so then he goes into, he says, Do not be like them, for your father knows um, what they need before you ask them. He says, this then is how you should pray. So we need to look at this next section as instruction, kind of like a template of how we should pray. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men of their sins, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Now that's a little bit different section. So let's go back to prayer. Okay, now, let's break this down. Let's think about this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What is happening in that first sentence? You're stating, you're stating who He is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you are glorious, you are wonderful, and you are amazing. You are God of heaven and earth, King of the universe, ruler over everything it is. I am recognizing who God is and where He stands and His majesty and His glory. And He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay? So, you, you, you establish the fact that God's kingdom, God, I thank you, or your, your, your kingdom, your kingdom is here, and you let your will be done in my life, however you choose. Um, he says, your kingdom come, now this is, this is a little, this is, this took me just a little bit to kind of wrap my head around, but once I heard someone say this, I understood. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you get that or does it go over your head? It's okay if it goes over your head. Do you understand that? So-so. So-so. Okay. Thank you. I get to draw. Okay. So he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay. So, here's God's kingdom. This is God's kingdom. Okay, that's right. God's kingdom. This is the earth. I had not spell earth right, but that's okay. Here's a man. He's happy. Okay? So, he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So, I want to pray that what has been... How can I explain this? It's been happening up there, it's not happening here. Yes. What's been established in heaven, what's been done in heaven, to be done on earth. Okay? Your kingdom come, your will be done. So, he has already... He has already, how can I say, established. I never picked the right one. 
in heaven, your, the will for your life has already been established. Now that has to match earth. Does that make sense? Am I, or am I still kind of losing you? It's okay. I mean, this is a little bit deeper. I just want, basically, I want you to understand that if you pray, God, let your will be done, you have to understand that your will has already been established on he- in heaven. So whatever's been established on heaven will be established here on earth. Okay? Um, so he says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, give us uh, today our daily bread. What is your daily bread? Huh? It could be food. What else could it be? Your needs. Huh? It could be needs. Needs. Needs is. I think that's good. Needs. Food. Uh, what else? Daily bread. Word. Like his word or something. Word. Is that right? I think I. I. You know what? We would actually have to go into the Greek and find out to define what he's referring to when he says food, because it could be. It could be assortment of things. It could be food, needs. It could be specifically Jesus is actually literally talking about the Word of God. Okay? Because remember, back in the beginning when he was being tempted by Satan, what did he say? You know, the, he, said, he said that, um, where was it? He, got, he, is, he was tempted. He says, it's written, uh, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. Right? Um, so, so he says, give us today our daily bread. Lord, I ask that you would continue to bless us, to continue to um, show us, you know, ask him to really, okay, bless us, provide for us, okay? Um, give us today our daily bread, provide for us, Lord, okay? Um, then he goes into the next thing, he says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven those who um, have debts against us, or our debtors, okay? God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for the things that I've done wrong today. Forgive me for um, whatever it is that I did. Um, and as I and as I say this, Lord, I forgive those who have offended me, and forgive me for being offended. Okay. So this section is really about for this second part. This other part here is really about in verse twelve is really about forgiveness. Um, asking God to forgive us and asking, you know, and making sure that we forgive those who have offended us and, you know, asking God, say, look, I was offended. God, forgive me for being offended. You know, so that whole thing is just all forgiveness. Okay? And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, keep me from, keep me from running to temptation. Keep me from, help me, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from the things that... continuing to chase me that lead me into sin all the time or the things that I seem to fall into you know or whatever it is so these are these this is do you see what I'm talking about when we're talking about prayer I feel like I kind of went through that pretty randomly yes no okay um so basically it's just a it's it's just a guide yeah you can there's something wrong you can you can you can pray that you can memorize it and you can pray it. But look at it also as, you know, just a guideline. Because remember he said, don't, don't keep on babbling like the pagans did. Get to the point. You know? 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you are wonderful. You are, you are magnificent. You, you are um, filled with glory and honor. And God, I pray your will be done. Whatever it is that you have has been established, my will, whatever has been established in heaven, let that same will be established here on earth for whatever you have for my life. And Father, I pray that you would continue to provide for us. Bless us. Continue to have favor. You know, um, send us blessings. We, Lord, if it's financial, if it's, you know, um, help me continue to, to um, see your word as my daily food. Um, and Lord, forgive me for I've been offended. Or forgive me for, because I, 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 I jumped, I, I fell into sin. And I forgive so-and-so because they, they offended me. They did something to me that I didn't like. And God, I ask you to forgive me for, for being offended. Um, and keep me from being, keep me from falling into temptation. Deliver me from the things that chase after me so often. Deliver me from my enemy. Deliver me from the things that always come after me. Um, and that's it. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this prayer that's um, long and you know filled with these big dictionary words. You know you can. Your heart right here, just in here, you can, you can spill your heart out just in a short prayer like that, you know. And I'm not saying people who pray long are, are, are wrong. I mean, I, I've prayed, I've had long prayers, you know. It's just kind of really an extension of drawing this out, you know. But that, that's kind of, that's what God is saying. That's what Jesus is saying here when he's talking about prayer, and we'll, we'll end with this little section here. He says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. That's a pretty important thing. So if you're going to ask for forgiveness, but yet you have something against somebody else, you're going to sit there and ask God to forgive you for something, but yet... You, you can't forgive somebody for doing something against because they did something against you. Then God's saying, wait a minute now. It don't work like that. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You deal with this. You fix this. And then when you've forgiven this person, then I will forgive you. Okay? Um, and, and I'm sure a lot of us, I mean, myself, I've been through this many times where I've had this huge grudge against the person, and here I am, I'm asking God to forgive me because I did something. You know, and I was like, well, why? You know, and, like, and, and Holy Spirit would remind me. Like, Michael, you've got this grudge against somebody. Somebody did something to you, and you're not even forgiving them. Well, I need to go back, and I need to fix that. Okay? Now, once I fix it, then, of course, Jesus says here, then God will forgive me. Okay? So... So it's something really to consider, especially when you're in prayer. The Holy Spirit will remind you, you know, if you have offense, you know, deal with it. Take care of it. Okay? Um, next week, we will talk about, we will finish up chapter 6. Uh, we will talk about fasting. Treasures in heaven. Do not worry. Something all of us can relate to. Um... Those will be the three topics that we will finish 
and then we'll finish up chapter 6 and then move on to chapter 7. So this right here, there's a lot of meat, a lot of good stuff in here um, that a lot, of, a lot of times people don't really realize what's in here until they've just kind of picked it apart. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Once we get out of this Sermon on the Mount, we'll get into other things like what Jesus is doing, um, healing people from leprosy, um, you know, healing blind people, um, confronting Pharisees and Sadducees and, and other things like that. Okay, um, so, let me go ahead and stop this. <laughs>